Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Boz Podcast. I'm your host, Shabad Singh. This episode, we're speaking to Palikor. Palikor is an educator based in California who writes about Punjabi pop culture through a political and social lens. As she says it, she likes to write smart about dumb shit. Uh, and uh, she does a really good job of that. And we had a really wonderful discussion. Our discussion ranged from talking about how the farmers protests have shaped Punjabi music and culture generally since it, it began uh, over the winter. We also talk about how Punjabi culture is a reflection of broader issues in Punjabi society, both at home and in the diaspora. And finally, we talk about some heroes and villains uh, in the Punjabi music industry, who should be held accountable, who should be emulated, uh, and why. So please enjoy this episode with our guest, Alikor. Palikor, welcome to the Boz Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. You've written some really cool work about Punjabi, uh, like pop culture, through, but included a political lens that I think has colored the uh, the last you know year or so of of activism and and ongoings in society in, in Punjab uh, and in the diaspora that I think have been incredibly uh, insightful uh, while covering something that might might be uh, perceived as, as soft or fluffy. Um, I wonder if just first we could talk a little bit about um, you and, and uh, if you could tell us just a bit about yourself, whatever you'd like to share. And then what, what brings you to writing about uh, Punjabi pop culture in this kind of uh, this analytical way or critical way? Oh, well, great question. Thank you for asking. Um, well, I started blogging about Punjabi pop culture about, you know, 10 years ago. I've had a few blogs. I, I wrote for Najavani.com as well, based out of UK. Um, and I mean, ever since I was a child, you know, I just was always really interested in Punjabi entertainment. Um, as a millennial, I kind of, my lifetime, like my arc spans like um, when there was no Punjabi in, uh, film industry and the rebirth of the Punjabi film industry in the 2000s. And I witnessed not having any in, like films in Punjabi to watch to now where um even Hindi audiences are watching our movies. Um, so it just really interests me. Um, I also, am, I'm really interested in how sick issues get portrayed in Punjabi films. And I love watching um, how like the censorship in India works and how you can find clues on how they are censoring even Punjabi films and music. So for me, it's really, I feel like I'm monitoring it, you know? And so for me, it's just always been an interest of mine. Hmm. So you've written a handful of articles now, four articles for Boz that, mm -hmm. um, that I, I reread them last night and. Oh, thank you. 
Well, of course, you know, I have to be prepared. Um, <laughs> but what was, what was, I thought that they got, they all went together really well in kind of a, like, like, um, you know, you, you first wrote about how uh, music has been a, a, a vital part of the um, protest movement around the Kisan Mazdur Ekta uh, uh, protests. And maybe can you just just touch on that a little bit? Like, like what was the kind of the the you know was it was it the protest kind of starting and then that sort of sprouted this musical uh, um, like explosion or or um, you know was it a chicken and the egg kind of thing? Like, was there a cultural <laughs> movement that supported the protest, or do you feel like the protest really created the the bet the kind of um, the, the the soil i guess to to grow this uh this cultural aspect of it you know one thing that um really fascinated me after the farmers protest began mm. was um obviously that it's just a part of the ongoing struggle that um six and punjab and even larger india have had one thing i always found fascinating was why in the 80s and 90s in punjab did you not see in any of those struggles represented in the pop culture. And I've looked for it, you know, you might find one or two tarmic tracks or something, but you never find like references to what was happening, you know, 50,000 people disappeared and nobody, it was never mentioned in any of the music at, at that time, except for, like I said, uh, Sikhi based tracks. So when this started, I thought that was going to happen again. But what I was shocked and what fascinated me and why I wrote that first piece was that actually, um, because so much of migration to Canada, diaspora, the US, you know, there's just so many of us abroad now, the people who were in Punjab they're so much more empowered than they were in the 80s and 90s. And the artists, um, they just wrote song. I mean, every single, in the first two, three months of the farmers' protest, nearly every artist came out with a farmers' protest uh, song, you know. And I w it's recorded in history. The thing is, that's permanently on YouTube. That's permanently there as a record that it happened and you know 50 years from now people will be able to see exactly how big it was because if you go back and look at the record this is not what happened in the 80s and 90s in Punjab and to me that was such a historic moment that people from little artists you know who'd get like 5,000 views to big artists like you know, um, or, or just these huge artists, um, who have come up with the stupidest shit songs before this <laughs> are, are coming up with these, like, you know, conscious, conscious songs about, um, the, about this movement. And I just couldn't believe it. Mm. Um, I really couldn't believe it how the Punjabi music just changed. And, you know, I thought it would last a little longer. I think those farmer protest songs, you know, they lasted for about four or five, six months. And now they've kind of died down. Now people are going back to the stupid stuff. But mm -hmm. 
it's there. It's recorded. Every guy you can think of, every female artist mm. has a, a song. And it's amazing. Well, you, I think we're kind of, now we're kind of touching on, I think, what what your next article was about, which was how covering or supporting the um, protests as a media figure or an artist became kind of like a, a wedge issue in that, like, if you were coming out as supporting the, the protests, but then, you know, we would see some of these same artists who were supporting the protests go on to uh, work with, for example, ZTV and media outlets that were that are essentially pro-state and pro-Modi um, and kind of quieting down their rhetoric in their art. Um, do you think that, like, how much do you think that the, just the economic realities of things are, are tamping down this um, expression or do you think that it's it's a combination of maybe that and also just sort of time moving on and sort of the you know the the protests not being at the forefront of the media as they were a few months ago um i've i've been thinking about that a lot um where kind of it seems like it it really is an individual case by case basis i've been talking to some artists based out of punjab and you know, asking them, is the government threatening these artists? Why are they, why are they not speaking out anymore? Is, are they being, um, in, in, you know, uh, told that if you go back to Delhi or if you go back to the protest or if you release another song, you're going to get a case against you because that did happen. Like for example, to Jess Bajwa, um, quite recently, one of the main, he was also on Kasan Anthem one and two, and he had, he has his own songs as well. Um, he actually did get a summons from the, uh, I think the Chandigarh High Court. And so it is happening. You know, we do see like the writer, the lyricist for Kasan Anthem also was picked up by the police arbitrarily and, and tortured. So I'm not saying, um, I, I don't, I, I'm not in their situation, right? I don't live in Punjab. I don't have to face those fears. But at the same time, uh, when you look at Sikh history uh, and you look at these Kassans who have so much less power than these artists and Majdurs, I'm not, I'm not trying to forget about the laborers there in Delhi. You look at them and they're out there risking themselves. So why can't, um, you know, these same artists keep speaking? And you do see some heroes, you know, you see the Harfjimas and the um, Ganwar Garewals out there who are who are not stopping. You see the Jas Bajwas who are not stopping, um, the Jazzy Bees. You see them, they, they, they continue speaking out. But um, what, it's so interesting to me. And, you know, someone, I was talking to someone and they were just like, oh, and this is a sentiment you hear a lot. Oh, they're just dumb artists. They were in the beginning. They just went there for clout. They just wanted to get their pics taken at the Kalsa aid tent. That's why they did it. They didn't really care about the farmers. Um, I don't know if that's true. You know, if, I'm sure some of them. But I mean, in the beginning of the farmers' protest, you had everybody showing up there. You had people, artists from Canada, New Zealand. Everybody just dropped what they were doing and went to Delhi. Um, so I don't know. Were they just doing that for record sales? 
Like I, I'm right. still thinking about that. That's a question. But I think the issue you brought up about people working for ZTV um, and people working for these these uh, companies who are anti-sick and anti-farmer, uh, anti-minority, whatever in India, that's that's a whole different issue, you know. These the ZTV is calling the farmers is dehumanizing them, calling them black fungus. Um, you're and and people like Nidu Bajwa, who are working for them, re- we really need to hold her accountable. She's not even in India; she's in Canada. Modi can't do anything to her. What's he gonna do? Like send his goons to Surrey? No, I I don't know why she's so scared. She she's not. It it's interesting to me that um, there's. I mean, honestly, Nita Bajwa, she's a sellout. Tell us a little bit. Me can tell us a little bit about Nira Bajwa. Like, who who is she, and kind of why why is this why is this an important person to kind of focus on in this story? Yeah, I know. I was asked that same question when that article was edited. Why are you so passionate? You know, I mean, when you look at the Punjabi film industry and its rebirth, really, um, the female, the the heroine, the star is Nidu Bajwa. You know, for the last two decades, she's been, I mean, her reign just barely ended just, you know, five or six years ago. Um, Really, she's it when you think of the female actresses we have and she owes her whole name life career to these people these farmers who who paid to watch her movies who who supported her who I mean she's here we have this she's not the greatest actor she's mediocre you know the reason <laughs> the reason she's in Pindabi movies is because she flopped that, I had in, to slip Hindi. that in there <laughs> and yeah yeah we bought we bought the tickets to her shows including me you know mm-hmm. I supported her I I paid to I never you know watch pirated copies of her stuff um and at the end of the day her support for farmers is because she's all we got right she's the main star so you really expect a lot from her her support for farmers is like one or two posts, um, very whitewashed, very like not passionate, nothing, nothing radical. Um, you know, farmers are dying, being kidnapped. There were at that point when I really got angry was there were hundreds of people in jails in Delhi and she mm-hmm. didn't speak out and um, she could have. And then, and then when she did this show with ZTV, that was kind of the hair that broke the camel's back mm. because ZTV is the propaganda. It's the Fox news of the BJP. Right. And for her to do this utterly whitewashed show where all they talk about is like, it's like Oprah, you know, um, totally censored. None of the real issues, while outside the front doors, there's these people living in tents and dying on the street. Um, for her to do that, it just felt, it just felt like a back, it felt like she backstabbed us. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, especially that context of being kind of the uh, uh, leading lady of, of, I guess, Pollywood. The uh, only, the only lady, the not only even, she lady. was the only one we had for like 15 years. 
And she wasn't even that great. And we went she out wasn't to even that anyway. <laughs> and we, we, cause we were like, okay, we got to support, you know, the homegrown media and the homegrown yeah. new culture. That's all we got, man. Yeah. <laughs> and now she can't even, okay. Yeah. That, no, that makes a lot of sense, you know? And, and, and I think that that context is important because, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> when, when the article went up, I totally thought I would get the Nidu stands after me. I was like, they are going to be like, what do you, you know, the usual thing. She's just an artist. Leave her alone. Let her do her art. Um, it's not her job to be political, blah, blah, blah. I really thought they would kind of, I swear to you, I did not read one person who disagreed with us and Boz about this issue. She, Nidu Bajwa is on the absolute wrong side um, of this issue. So your work does an excellent job of shifting through political and social commentary all through this avenue of Punjabi pop culture. So why don't we move forward to the social context and talk a bit about Dilpreet Delon. Who is Dilpreet Delon and, and what is his story? So Dilpreet Delon, you know, he's a pop star. He's just there's nothing special about him. He's just, you know, he gets millions of hits on his YouTube videos. and um, But he's not terribly a unique artist in any way, um, except that he is, you know, just a pop star. And the thing is, um, when the controversy about his marriage, he married a, a young lady um, from California who they, they met each other at some wedding in Rajasthan and they fell in love. Um, and uh, soon after, you know, maybe six months a year, I can't remember the exact time frame, um, their marriage broke up and there was a lot of rumors. So his ex-wife spoke up for herself, released a YouTube live or Facebook live or something explaining that um, Dilbreeth had been abusive um, and she detailed the abuse. She, you know, spoke out really bravely um, to no benefit to her own life, no, to no gain, um, to only utter, uh, you know, um, disregard by our community of her. And, you know, um, so she spoke out and I believed her. I really did. I watched her video and I really believed her and every, um, all my girlfriends, we watched it together. We all believed her and, and just were like, Oh, you know, I, I cannot believe that she had to go through that. Um, and soon after Dilpreet <laughs> released his own video, um, which was just, I mean, it was crocodile tears. If you have any ounce of like instinct or intuition, you could see he was, he was faking. Um, and the Punjabi, uh, I, I totally thought, okay, everybody can see this. And a few months down the line, he comes out with this song. Um, I can't, I can't remember the name. It's an arc. I think it's like Jabab or something. Um, this ridiculously violent over the top song, um, just glorifies violence, um, it's a super hit. It constantly gets millions, tens of billions of views. And I just couldn't believe it that with open arms, he was welcomed back, you know, 
Like, and everybody's, you know, when I, when I said that, when I originally said that, even before I wrote the post, when I just tweeted about it, people were like, well, Chris Brown was welcome back in America after he beat up Rihanna. No, he wasn't. Yes, he released some songs. But every time, pe- there were enough people that were like, we don't want to listen to this guy. Canceled. He's done. Enough people so that, I mean, he's not doing great anymore. Bill Break Dinlow went on to almost as great or greater success after he beat his ex-wife than he was before. And to me, um, that was just shocking, I guess. Uh, I guess I just been lulled. I I just assimilated my mind too much. I forgot how sometimes our community works. Um, Yeah. Talk about that. You you must see, I mean, it seems like you're, there's a, this is a microcosm of something else that's, that's happening in, uh, that's happening in our culture or in, in Punjabi culture that you might be seeing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just see it like, uh, you know, I did, a, I've done a lot of work with like at the go- local Gordadas and, you know, just in our community in general, and you just see abuse, child abuse, uh, whatever kind of abuse it's, it's turned into a personal family issue, um, which is in a lot of communities, but I feel like in our community, it's an extreme where nobody talks about it. And this one person had the guts to do it. And she's the one who's been canceled. (laughs) You know, he's, he's doing great. He's doing fine. I just saw his new song. Um, you know, it got more tens of millions of views. And, um, it's just a reflection that I think I put this in the article that, you know, if this girl, uh, Amber Tharival was her name. If if she can't get justice or at least praise for what she did, what hope? What hope do any of us have in our community? You know, um, it, it's it's a plague, and you know, Dilbert Gidlow's not the only one. Uh, there's there's uh, so many allegations against uh, producer Suk Sangera, who makes a lot of the music videos based out of. Um, I think like Sir BC, um, and he he has so many allegations against them. Um, I've I just can't believe that um, we're still so far behind on this on this issue. And you know, if you watch, and I mentioned this specifically, if you watch, but and it comes back to that censorship thing. Indian media only lets Punjabi media be positive, fun, uh, you know, whitewashed. So if you watch any of Dilpreet Dillon's and even in Canadian Punjabi media sometimes, you know, if you watch any of his interviews, they never ask him anything serious or about his family or about what he thinks about any deep issue. It's always just fawning all over this guy. And I just don't, I don't think you see that when you, um, I think reporters and, um, you know, journalists here, when they, when they interview celebrities in, in the diaspora, I think they ask them hard questions, you know, they at least bring it up or mention it and he just gets a free ride. And it's, it's upsetting, you know, just to think um, the person who should be praised in this case is the woman and she wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I wonder, do you see, um, you know, without without 
um, us going into a whole polemic about uh, about uh, you know cult the cult the ills of of the community. Uh, but I mean, do you see kind of do you see like a deeper kind of a root root cause of this? And 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 because because we're talking about a pattern, right? It's it's we're talking about something that is often individualized, but ultimately is something that people are dealing with systemically and not to, and, and, and I think, unfortunately, sometimes when you talk about like root causes, people think that means like you're somehow excusing the abuse, which I certainly am not trying to do, but do you see something that's kind of like re causing this repeat pattern to repeat and, and not be addressed and sort of continuing this, this culture of impunity for, for men's misbehavior towards women? Um, you know, I, 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 I don't know what the, I wish I could, I knew the root cause and yeah. I could fix it. But for me, as, as my interest is the media and how Punjabi culture is portrayed in um, Punjabi media, one thing I've just noticed is it's so male centric. Mm -hmm. um, men, the majority of the artists are men. The majority of the videos are, it's changing a little tiny bit right now, but the majority of the videos are targeted towards men and men have more freedom in mm -hmm. our community. Men have more fun. Not that, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying like I've had a boring life. I had, a, I had fun, <laughs> but I'm just You're saying, permitted you know, to have more fun, <laughs> there you go men in our community get to go out more and just right. be out there more. And I think they, they control the narrative. And um, because of that, it's men asking Bill Breed the questions. It's men who are watching his videos. It's, and so because of that, there's, there's really no female perspective I've noticed um, in Punjabi media. And um that's what I mean. That's why I started writing for Boz, right? Because I was like, I know I have a perspective, and I know that there's no one else saying the things I'm saying. There's no one else calling out Bill Break Delon, even though he's so obviously uh, should be gone. No one should be listening to his music, and you know, there's no one calling out Nidu Bajla, and and that's why I think something like Boz is so important. Um, to change that narrative and to take that control and to not make it so male dominated and male centric. So would you, would you I, it seems to me that maybe something that worth advocating for in this context would be resourcing women's art in our community, uh, supporting it, giving it, providing it resources and letting it, uh, letting it bloom. Yeah. I mean, that, like to create Punjabi art, art in Punjabi that is created for by women um, would change everything. We just don't have that. And even when we do have female singers or female actresses, you know, they're, they change themselves to meet that male gaze. Like you have artists like in Molgagan Man basically singing the same idiotic songs a man would sing, except saying it from, you right. know, um, 
from a girl's perspective and that doesn't help anyone (laughs) I don't want to carry around a gun in my jeep and shoot people (laughs) like that's not what I want to do like someone needs to write a song about just normal female experience lived experience and uh, there's really nobody doing that nobody maybe Jasmine Sandless that's it okay so I mean so representation in and of itself is not what we're going for we're talking about we want something that's that's truly representative, that actually speaks to the struggles and, and realities that people are dealing with, as opposed to just fitting into the mold of what already sells and just like being from a different category. You know, yeah. And of all the things, the farmers protest actually tries to do that. I mean, they've had days where it's just all women's days all women speakers, all women's artists, all women controlling the stage and everything. And I think like, at first I was like, oh, that's just tokenism. But like, I think that's kind of where we are as a community. Like, just start, start with the tokens, man. And let's go from there. Like, it's better than nothing at this point. Yeah, I think that it, you know, when like patriarchy is such a deeply, deeply rooted, uh, kind of norm in society i mean in punjabi community or any any part of the world that until you sit down and you make conscious efforts to counteract it you're not going to get out of it so i, I mean it seems to me that yeah like token tokenism to start <laughs> with is okay especially if it's like it's not just like like we were talking about just putting somebody in just because of their gender, but really because of the values that they're, they're talking about and what they stand for. And of course, yes, they're who they represent. Yeah. Um, Well, let's maybe uh, we can close by talking about somebody that we all, I think we all love. Um, He's, he, I remember uh, when I lived in Punjab in 1999, I got his album "All Eyes on Me," which is just a straight up. <laughs> I was like, "Where of, he's, where is he going with this? Who do we all love? Who do we all love?" Is the Jazzy first name Pete. that came to my mind was Bernie Sanders. Well, we love. Where I is mean, he going okay. with this? I'm not. Well, Vaz will now be accused of being a, a, a skewed leftist program now that we mentioned Bernie. But no, we're talking about, of course, uh, Jazzy B who released All Eyes on Me in the 90s, which is a straight-up copy of uh, Tupac's album, which I always thought was... It was Eyes with a Z, yeah. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, you're the the pro, the expert. Um, But no, I I say that just because I always thought it was kind of funny. But of course, Jazzy B, legendary uh, Punjabi musician, uh, who I think um, really stands for the opposite of what we've just been talking about, um <laughs> like yeah he's I, hey never said i was perfect all right <laughs> <laughs> so tell tell us tell, tell us about what you uh, admire uh in, in jazzy b and and uh you know why why he he's somebody i think that we that might be worth emulating as far as uh the culture goes i mean you know like i said a lot of people they're, these are artists. These are pop artists. And yes, sure. they sing some dumb shit. And <laughs> I agree with that. And, you know, sometimes, look, life doesn't 24-7 have to be serious. You can dance. To, everybody has a dumb side. So it's okay if, if you listen to his music and some of it's not that uh, deep. But 
if you, and like I said, I've been interested in this basically my whole life. He is always promoting Punjabiyat and Sikhi. Okay. Like you can make fun of his big giant gold kanda all you want. (laughs) Um, But the fact that he wears it, I mean, that's something like, you know, he could not wear it. He could Mm -hmm. take off his kanda. He could pretend he's like just a, just nothing you know which some people do and assimilate and um he could do that but he didn't he never did and he always promoted the Punjabi language even since the beginning even before the protest and I think um the reason I wrote the article is because uh he's always been that way from day one and all of us and you know he's even had shows on ZTV which is like the anti-farmer protest channel he's even they've even like hired him to be one of the um the judges on one of their singing competitions and (laughs) they still the indian government got triggered by his twitter feed and decided to basically ban him uh ban his account from showing up on twitter india so um i think the reason is because he ha- he represents a strong sense of Punjabi identity and a strong sense of Sikh identity. And if anybody, you know, I heard someone say on, I don't even know, one of these, one of the woke people on, on Twitter say, oh, uh, you know, like this is the, the 80s and 90s of 84 and Operation Woodrose, all those are separate issues from the farmers protest that's a separate thing no it's not it's not if if you think it's a separate issue then why was jazzy b banned for for speaking out about sikhi about farmers protests about it's all connected and i think um it just shows how stupid the indian government is and how they never understood what um, they never understood Sikh history. They never understood the Punjabi spirit. They never thought this would happen. They never thought the farmers would get this far. Um, and so they let things, people like Jazzy B have really successful careers. And, um, you know, it, it's backfired on them. Jazzy B has a million followers. He he tweets about 1984, never forget 1984. He brings awareness um, you know, he's not perfect. There's, like I said, he says some stupid stuff. He has some stupid songs, but he, uh, he props to him for not selling out. Part of what's particularly, um, threatening about him is that he, like, he doesn't shy away from talking about the Shahids. He doesn't shy away from talking about, um, you know, sick sovereignty and history. Um, and that is a direct, albeit, you know, it's, it's verbal. He's, he's not necessarily, he's not taking up arms against the state, but he is like normalizing talking about the, the fundamental conflict of, of Sikh liberation under the Indian state, uh, you know, in whatever language he is, which is the, the crux of, of, I think, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's an aspect, including big, you know, 
socio-political economic factors that I think have a common thread that stretch from the protests back through the 80s, back back to partition and before. And, and yeah, I mean, it's like a, a, a common, it's, it's a current that is still there that he's keeping alive in the mainstream that is a direct threat. Uh, even if it's even if it's a relatively small one compared to the might of the state uh, yeah. that is vocal and and loud in public. I mean, they underestimated, right? This is how you know Modi doesn't know what the hell he's doing. They underestimated number one this whole protest. They underestimated people like Jazzy B, um, who, by the way, whose attitude and fearlessness and philosophy is in my opinion, the absolute norm of what, uh, you know, we're an average Sikh community family here where I live and my larger Sangat, and pretty much everybody agrees with the basics of what Jazzy B says. Um, the fact that Modi and his his government and the BJP and right-wing, um, you know, uh, the Brahmin government in India does not understand how Sikhi works and how... Um, how what our history is and the fact that um i honestly like in my heart i know the farmers are gonna win maybe not today maybe not tomorrow maybe not for a year but dude he jazzy b exposed the greatest weakness they're scared of his twitter feed they're scared of his twitter feed and they've got nuclear power they've got an army um they've got uh, their own media outlets. They've got 87% of the population of India is Hindu. Um, I'm sorry. They're scared of his Twitter feed. Who's winning? And I think for me, Jazzy B uh, really, you know, he took, he was already a legend. He just went, I mean, Nita Bajo needs to take notes from him. That's all I want to say. <laughs> He's legend. <laughs> you dropped a few notches, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, it's on site for Nira Bajwa, and uh, we we love our our boy Jazzy B. Um, and Pali, thank you so much uh, for talking with uh, to us about this today, uh, and we look forward to many more uh, fun and interesting articles, uh, and and you know, serious but also fun articles from you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I write seriously about dumb shit. All right, That's <laughs> just remember the- that. I'm glad you said that now because you said that off air and it was, and I thought that was perfect. Um, I know I got to get Jessica in to add that to my bio. That's what I got to (laughs) do. Did you hear that Jessica? All right. (laughs) Thank you so much, Polly. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. All right. Thanks. uh, Have have a great day. All right. You too. Thank you so much again to Polly Core for joining us today. And thank you to all of you for tuning in. Please continue to join us every other Tuesday, where we'll talk to Boz contributors and journalists. Also, please make sure to subscribe to the show on whichever platform you use. The easiest way to find whatever platform you want to listen to the show on is to go to anchor.fm slash Boz. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash B-A-A-Z or Z if you're Canadian. 
or from one of those other places that uses Z instead of Z. Anyway, uh, forgive the American bias of your host. Uh, I am so, so glad to have uh, joined you today. And again, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.